0: You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Uh, the title of the message is Love Hurts. Uh, before we get there, I want to share a little bit of my experience over the weekend. Uh, the Spiker Farms. Uh, down in Jane Lou and they're there on the front row they have a a bull ride every year I think it was like 14 15 years they've been having this I really didn't know what to expect until I got there and I was very impressed look like something you watch off ESPN and uh, I'm very competitive my wife and I both and uh, you're supposed to ride a bull for eight seconds I, I mean who can't do that eight seconds so I'm sitting there, and I, I, I'm, I'm getting frustrated because they're not riding the bull for eight seconds. And I said, honey, I'm going down there, and I'm going to ride that bull. And she said, don't you go down there. I said, listen, I got experience. When I was a kid, John Brennan on Teacher Grove had a big farm, and he had goats. And I'd sneak in his barn and I'd ride him goats. So I knew I could ride that bull, Pastor Reed. It was no no question. So I went down there and talked to a couple of them cowboys. They put a, a cowboy hat on me and a pair of cowboy boots. And, and there was nothing to it. I mean, I just, I rode every bull that they had down there. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that's a lot of bull. <laughs> now, I know somebody's going to text me today and say, did you really ride a bull? No, I did not, all right? Hey, I know we've been standing for a while, but out of respect for the reading of the Word of God, let's, uh, let's stand if we're able this morning. And uh, I just trust in and am believing that uh, this Word is going to help uh, somebody, uh, maybe many, many people. The bottom line is love hurts. Don't, let, don't ever let anyone tell you that love doesn't hurt Acts chapter one, verse three one through three, the former treaties have I made, O Theolopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which, in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive After his passion, and I underline that, we're speaking about the crucifixion of Christ and the resurrection after his passion. By many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Pastor Aaron Keaton, would you bless the reading of the word of God this morning? Dearly Father, Lord, we're thankful to be in your presence, Lord God. Father, we're thankful that your son was filled with passion, Lord God. The passion to to fulfill your will, Lord God. In the beginning, whenever he was found in the sanctuary, he said, I'm about my father's business. And when it came came time to to praying in the garden, it was about being about the father's business, about fulfilling the will, Lord God. Surrendering his life, Lord God, that we could have eternal life. You loved us so much, Lord God. And we're blessed because of your love. Thank you for your son, Lord God. Father, I pray for our pastor today and every word that you put up inside of him that it would flow, Lord God, mm-hmm. as a river flows. And Lord, it would produce a fruit and a harvest, amen. Lord God, amen. that only you will know yes, where God. the seed will grow and where the seed will, will be harvested, Lord God. We bless you and we love you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The writer, uh, here in the book of Acts, he, he he states that Jesus showed himself alive after his passion. The word passion right here it means suffering. It refers to the suffering or the death of Christ. Think about this, when we see the cross of Christ, you and I, Andy, we see pain. But God said, I see passion. That just struck me. When God seen the cross, he seen passion. Unbelievable, the passion of God How is it possible that God could love us like he did? How could God love me like he loves me? In this cold, cold, uh, seems to be a loveless world, how could God love any of us uh, that are so different and so difficult? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're a little different. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, why you gotta be so difficult? So I asked myself, why God? God, you mean you love me that much? Cause love hurts. He loved me so much, there was pain, Scotty. Pain that he had to give his only son Jesus to die on a cross. God, what do you see in me that is worthy of that kind of love. Why don't you ask God the same question? God, what do you see in me that is worthy of that kind of love? You think about the horror of the cross, the pain and the agony and the torture of the cross, the savage beating of his flesh, the stripping away of his privacy, the raw nudity of the cross, he was stripped completely naked nothing covering him but the blood that he was shedding for you and I. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 in the last part of verse two, he said, there is no beauty that we should desire him. At the cross, Jesus surely looked like he'd been laid on a butcher's block. Tell me love doesn't hurt. It's the kind of love that Jesus had for you and I. Somebody say love hurts. Again, I read, he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. What is this coordination between his passion and and pain uh, that they are so intertwined together? Passion and pain intertwined. The pain of loving another person. Don't act like you've never been hurt. Don't act like you don't know what it feels like to be in pain. If you've ever been hurt because of love, slip your hand up. If you've been ever hurt more than once, or half a dozen, or 20 or 30 times, stick both hands and both feet up. You know what I'm talking about. You can't make it through a marriage without some pain, without some hurt, not gonna happen. I don't care how fairy tale it is. You can't make it through a relationship without somebody hurting somebody you can't have a child without hurting your child or the child hurting the parent. How many in here without a show of hand, you, you've hurt your spouse, you've hurt your parent, you've hurt your child, you've hurt your friend. Passion and pain are intertwined. You understand that when you love somebody, all love doesn't reciprocate. Have you ever loved somebody and they don't love you back? It's painful. Have you ever showered a gallon of love on somebody and they only give you a pint? Because maybe a pint's all that they have, but you need a gallon. Don't tell me love doesn't hurt. Have you ever said I'm not gonna allow that individual to make a fool out of me? Never. But yet you do it again and again and again. In your marriage, in your relationship, with a child that's setting you crazy. You say, I've drawn a line. I'm not gonna allow that child to hurt me no more. But you do. And yet we do it again and again and again because love hurts. Why? Because love will lock us up in our emotions. Lock us up. Love will do stupid things. Can someone say amen? We were just talking to Pastor Rita. And we were coming home from the bull ride, and uh, I said, "You know, Lee and I, when we first fell in love, we would on the telephone. We would talk till six o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock in the morning. Now we can't make it past nine thirty at night, and we love each other more. Love will do crazy things. Amen. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Don't ever let anyone tell you love doesn't hurt because it's not the truth. Love does hurt. And can I tell you it hurts to invest in somebody? You invest your time, you invest your love, your emotions, your feelings, your money, and then what happens? There's pain in that love. So what does the Bible teach us? In First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4: love is patient, love is kind. It it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Now why did he have to put that in there? I don't understand that. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love, it always protects. It always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. Wow. Let's talk about knowing love that is beyond knowing. Think about that. The Apostle Paul prays for the Ephesians that they would love beyond knowing how to love. Ephesians chapter three, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, speaking about the love of God, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Have you ever known somebody that had all the knowledge of the Bible, seemed like they were just a walking Bible, but they had no heart? Friend, they had no love. I don't care what knowledge you've got, Don't tell me what you know, tell me how much you care. Can someone say amen? Amen. He prays that we would know the love of Christ, which is beyond knowing. When I mention maternal love, you get a glimpse of your mother's love. When I wrote that down, I could hear my mom's voice saying, honey. I could hear it. I could feel my mom's arms wrapped around me. There was nobody like mom. Mom went to be with the Lord some four or five years ago. You still, I still know that voice. I, I can still hear that voice, uh, and I think about that. But if I talk this morning about the agape love of God, it is so difficult to explain because there's nothing that compares to the divine love of God. And if you've never experienced that, you don't know what I'm talking about. But by the grace of God, you can open up your heart before you leave today and you can be showered with the grace of God and you will know the agape love, the unconditional love of only God the Father that can give you, if you know what I'm talking about, give him a shout of praise this morning. Paul said it is unknowable. Yet he tells us he wants us to know the unknowable. I believe that that is what the psalmist David was talking about here in Psalms chapter 16 verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. He said in thy presence is fullness of joy. You don't have no joy if you're not in the presence of God. There's a difference in being happy. I can go through McDonald's and get a happy meal and not have any joy. There's a difference in happy and joy, do you hear me? He said at thy right hand are the pleasures Forevermore, David was in a place where divine love healed the hurts and his aching soul. Have you ever been so hurt that your soul was afflicted? I have. I've invested in people down through the years. And they've turned and hurt me. But by the grace of God, I've been able to forgive and to move on, that's what God wants us to do. Can someone say amen? So David was in a place that he had gone beyond the joy of serving God. He had gone beyond the place of seeing God's power. And he had arrived here at a place just to be the recipient of God's love. You and I gotta get over ourselves. You know, I was raised in a way that, and 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 it meant well, That once a person got saved, man, uh, you know, everything was smooth sailing from there, and, and you never backslid, and you never had a problem, and you never done anything wrong, that's a lie. That's a lie, because you and I are still in the flesh. Do you hear me, still in the flesh. But well, David found that place that he said, I don't have to try to earn God's love. I don't have to be perfect anymore, because I know that I've messed up, and I know that I will messed up again. You and I gotta get to the place, it's not greasy grace. Doesn't give us the opportunity to live like a heathen, but when we mess up, we've got to realize we're in a place where God looks down. Instead of seeing my sin, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. If we can ever find that place, if we can ever find that place, there is fullness of joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I know that place. If you can ever get to that place, you'll experience healing like you've never experienced before. If you ever get to that place, you'll experience wholeness. I was married at age 18, my first marriage. At age 22, 23, we had our first son, Robbie. Married 17 years, I know a little bit about pain through a divorce. Don't tell me pain don't hurt, because it does. But I also know the grace of God and the passion that he is forgiven. And I know that in two weeks, I'm honored to be able to preach my first wife's father's memorial service because of love, not in love, but still be able to love. You can all look at me down your long religious noses, but I ain't the only one that's been down that road in this room. And you need to get over it. You need to ask forgiveness. I love the mother of my first son. I love her family. I can remember her father saying to me, you two may have got a divorce, but you and I haven't. He said, you'll still be my son-in-law. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor? And I think he needs to move on. Because I'm getting on some of you's front porch and you ain't real comfortable. That's the kind of love that I'm talking about. Kind of love. See, from Christ's perspective, it's the place, this place of love is a place of pain. Cause it hurts to love. It hurt God to love you and I. The place of God's passion in Genesis chapter 22, verse two through 14. God just kinda has a talk with Abraham. Love it. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. Then Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and we will come again. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father. And he said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, behold the fire and there's the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together and they came to the place which God had told him of and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in in order and bound Isaac, his son, love hurts and laid him on the altar upon the wood, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. The Hebrew word means the Lord will provide. Has Jehovah Jireh provided for anybody in this house that had the pain, had the hurt, but God has provided a way of escape and a way of healing. Somebody ought to shout and give God a hand clap of praise that God has touched you, has delivered you, has healed you and set you free. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. God opened up his, uh, his, his heart to Abraham and he said to Abraham, I want you to see what it is like to take your son, your only son, and offer his life a sacrifice. God says to Abraham, I didn't really want you to take his life. I really didn't want you to offer him up, but I wanted you to experience the journey to expose the place." where one day I will bring my own son to die as the sacrificial lamb. God says to Abraham, I wanted you to experience and to connect with your feeling of how much it cost me to love you like I love you. You and I, can we get to that place that we can understand that God loves us so much that he turned his back on his only son you talk about passion. Friend, it was passion, but it was also pain. Listen to me this morning. Abraham saw the cost of his passion and it no doubt shaped the rest of his life. Woo! If we can only get to that place that we can love those that have hurt us, if we can get to that place that we can understand the price that God paid, that you and I could be loved by Him, and if we could flip that and give that same kind of grace, and that same kind of forgiveness to those that hurt us, even though there's pain, you and I will experience the fullness of joy, the wholeness of life, and you and I will be healed from all the hurt from the past. You need to look back and say, hey, devil, get thee behind me. I don't care how bad I've been hurt, I'm gonna walk in the fullness of the joy of the Lord and give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo. Woo! Ah, when it comes to the passion. Somebody say passion. Passion of the cross. God does not allow Abraham to feel the gross weight of the passion. So God has another conversation with a young man by the name of Hosea. And I spoke a little bit about this a few weeks ago. Hosea was a nice, neat Jewish prophet. God says to Hosea in Hosea chapter 1 verse 2. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. Wow, Hosea, a man of God, a prophet. I'd say he kept himself for marriage, waiting on that special day. And God says, Hosea, you go marry a prostitute. Think about that. You read the rest of the chapter. They married, they had three children. His wife's name's Gomer, don't get me started on that. I'm trying to be serious, Gomer, Gomer. I think of Gomer Pyle when I read that. That's a whole nother story. Gomer goes back to the streets, prostituting herself again and again and again, stepping out. On Hosea, symbolic of the relationship between God and Israel, and God loved Israel with all of His heart, and God still loves Israel with all of His heart, and it's symbolic that God was saying, "This is how it hurts. Uh, every time I bless Israel, every time I'm there for Israel, they uh, they 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 worship me for a while, and then they step out on me, uh, just like the modern day church people. Uh, a lot of people will show up uh, and serve God for a season and then they'll step out of that season. Let me tell you it's painful to God. And God says to Hosea, Hosea there's a lot more to a marriage than a ceremony. There's a lot more to having children than a man deposited a seed in a woman. That don't make you a father and that doesn't make you a family. Do you hear what I'm saying? God said to Hosea then the Lord said unto me Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel who looks to other gods. God is saying to Hosea, Hosea there's a lot more to this. God is saying I want you Hosea to feel my passion, to feel how I love and how it hurts. You ever stop to think maybe God wants you and I to feel a little bit of that passion? He said, I want you to fall in love with her even though she's rejected you and is sleeping with anyone who will pay for her. You see, Hosea saw something in her that nobody else saw and nobody else cared to see. One night at age 22, 23, I'm sitting on a bar store at the Odyssey Club, and God seen something in me that nobody else seen and baby didn't care to see. And the Holy Spirit was dispensed, said, Go get my son, cover him, and bring him back. I just wonder if there's anybody else in the room that has similar testimony. If so, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. But love redeems. I'll say it again love redeems. Verse 2 So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver, and for a homer of barley, and a half homer of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days, thou shalt not play the harlot and thou shalt not be for another man, so I will also be for thee. Hosea was buying his wife back off of a slave table. She was slaved. Somewhere I read that he covered her. It tells me she was laying naked, where every man could walk by and evaluate whether he wanted to bid. That's how far sin takes you. God so loved the world. God didn't love, he so loved. He loved you no matter where you've been, no matter how far you've been, no matter how many people you've hurt or how many times you've been hurt, because love hurts. You see, you and I get ourselves in the same forsaken place, sold as slaves to sin, And he has to get us from that place. As I sat on that barstool that night, he seen me. And he came out, I didn't find the Lord, he wasn't lost. He found me, the Lord found me in a bar room. Where are you at today? Are you the prodigal in the pig's pen? What's going on in your life? Oh, he loves us, how he loves us. The passion of the cross. This is the place of passion but it's also the place of pain. Jesus comes to buy us and to redeem us and Jesus came to buy back what was already his. Just like Hosea and Gomer. Stand with me, we were created in the image of God and we were created for God and us to have fellowship. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, just because we're standing, does not mean he's finishing. So how many honestly, when you thought about Calvary, you looked at the cross, you thought of pain. How many honestly? Well, it was all about passion. It was about a God who had everything. Well, say it again. It was about a God who had everything. And he fell in love with a soul that had nothing. Hosea, as he went to the marketplace, I can visualize him stopping and looking ahead. And God gave him such a love for Gomer that he was able to move beyond. Think about living in a small town. Everybody's saying, the prophet of God, he married a prostitute. <laughs> And he was able to stand in what looked like a middle of a mess and say, Gomer, I come to rescue you. I'm gonna cover you. I'm gonna clean you up. And I'm gonna take you home. And I'm gonna love you to the place you'll never wanna leave me again. That's what God's done for you and I. He went to the marketplace where we were enslaved by sin And he called out my name. He said, Robert, I come to get you. I'm not gonna hold this over you. I'm gonna throw it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. He said, your sin has cast as far as the east is from the west. I've come to clean you up. I've come to rescue you. Why? Because I love you. And Robert, it was so painful. But the passion that I had for you, come on. He said, when I get you home, I get you right where you need to be. You'll never leave me again. I got saved 38 years ago, and he never had a desire to leave, cause there ain't nobody love me like Jesus. People that don't know the Lord, a lot of people say they know the Lord. That's way him and God, but a lot of people don't. It's called a relationship. I'd say Gomer and Jose went home. Help me, Lord, not to get in trouble here. And they had a honeymoon. Huh? And that's the way it is with God. When he picks us up out of the filth and the mire, and he said, let me wash you up. And then he says, now you're covered by my son's blood. He said, man, love hurts. God said it was painful. Scotty, you know what I'm talking about. We've been together a long time, man. Huh? Long time. Has God cleaned anybody up in the house? Well, if he cleans you up, why don't you allow him to clean other people up that's in your life? How come people, when they hurt us, we want them to be hurt? We want them to be dirty the rest of their life. We want them, them to be damaged goods, huh? Those people that hurt you most, a lot of you still fretting about it and they done moved on. They done moved on, huh? Love hurts. How many would say love hurts? Huh? Jim, you ever been hurt by love? Huh? Yeah. Nancy? Ever been hurt? Yeah. I can go around the room. You ever been hurt? Clarice? Yeah. We've all been hurt. But it was his passion. Oh, how he loves us. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast.